Heads up, Easter is early this year, so get everything you need to host for Sunday, March 31st. Pastel outfits for the whole family, Macy's has you covered. Macy's also has Toys R Us Easter basket goodies, from books to stuffed animals and even slime. Find it all in-store and online at Macy's.com. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows that we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be the chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, under bed storage, and other solutions that help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. Hiring is hard. Express Employment Professionals makes it easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express Employment Professionals is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. I've been telling you about Tacova's boots for a very long time. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code BONES at checkout. That's B O N E S at tacovas.com. And that's T E C O V A S.com. Come and point your toes west. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. So today I'm excited to be welcomed by Dr. Tracy Baxley, and I'm pumped to have a mother of five that is also an educator, a coach, an expert, an author, doing all the things to help us develop diversity in our families and inclusion practices, which are so important. We talk about that a lot on the podcast, but you have a book that came out this week. So we're very, very excited about that. And it's called Social Justice Parenting. Well, first of all, let me let Tracy say hi. Hi, Dr. Tracy Baxley. Hi, Amy. How are you? I am doing so good. I think you can tell by the big smile on my face that I'm very excited about this topic. Awesome. (laughs) And I am very excited for your book. I think it'll be helpful to so many parents to have a resource like this to dive into, especially, you know, mom to mom or mom to dad or whatever parent is reading this or whatever the caretaker looks like in the home. But before we get into the details behind what you do and your book and what you're passionate about and why you're putting this book out, I would love to hear four things that you are thankful for today so that we can kind of do a little icebreaker here with you and get to know you off the bat. Yeah, I think, um, I guess the first thing would be my family. My children are my why. So 
Um, waking up every day to those kids is, you know, such a blessing for me. Two, it would be um, the platform that I have to speak from, um, having an audience, I call them my village, and um, really being able to support parents in their journey. And in turn, it really supports me writing my own. We, we teach and learn from each other. I think the third thing today that I'm really grateful for, I follow all of my children on Instagram. And today I saw that my daughter posted something who's away at college. And then one of my, my baby son, he posted a comment to her saying how much he missed her and was excited for her to come home. And then my oldest son, who also is away at college, then posted something saying how he loved and missed everybody. So I think that made my heart full. <laughs> and so I just felt so privileged to be their mom at that moment that they were didn't need me to tell them to, to do that, but they were doing it on their own. And I was kind of peeking in on that. So very grateful for that. And then the last thing I'm grateful for is the book launch this week. So a lot of time and effort and love went into the book and I'm excited that it's available to the world. Yeah. Well, you mentioned as the second thing you're grateful for your village, which I love the Instagram kids story, by the way. I feel like every parent, if they were to see an interaction like that, that's totally not something you're supposed to see, right. <laughs> that it's kind of, it just means more. You're like, yes, okay. It did that part right. They're all getting along and they're, you know, that's your family and they feel it. But you mentioned village and I had earmarked a part of your book that I actually wanted to read back to you. <laughs> Is that weird <laughs> for me to read, oh, no, it's read awesome. your words to you? <laughs> but it gave me goosebumps when I read it. But um, it's page 127 and the section is called Build Your Village. Finally, I think it's important to create a trusting village to fly with you. Surround yourself with other people who can serve as confidants for your children. There may be times when those other people in your village feel more like a safe space to your child than you or your partner. That may not feel very good for you, but do your best not to take it personally. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. You're not. You are creating a wall of protection around your child that allows them to grow and be independent of you, all while remaining in a safe, loving environment with people who want the best for them. And I just wanted to read that little snippet because it spoke to me on such a deep level, especially being an adoptive mom. I adopted older kids and I wanted to connect with them and connect with them. And my daughter got here at 10. She's 14 now. I just wanted to be that person for her. And I do catch myself at times having to check my, my attitude if I'm feeling jealous of how she's acting around other people because I'm like, oh, that's what I've been craving. But I love that she feels close and safe and connected to others. And then they can come back and they share with me things that are actually very helpful. And it's not anything like we're, you know, doing anything sneaky behind my kid's back. But if it's something that can be beneficial to everybody, and maybe it's something that stays confident, I don't care. They don't have to bring it to me. But I just appreciated this validation of it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. Because I have felt that maybe I'm not as good as my friends are because they're not wanting to talk to me about certain things. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for sharing that. I think as parents, especially as moms, right, we, we all feel it, whether we're talking about it or not. That's why I think it's so important that as parents, as mothers, we start talking about the hard things in mothering 
because it makes us all feel normal and safe, right? That we are all going through these different changes with our kids as their ages and stages change. One of the chapters in the book is about self-advocacy. And part of building self-advocacy is really about teaching your children to create a team. So I can use different people for different areas of my life and know that I'm going to the right person for the right thing. So them being able to go to somebody else means you did the right thing because you've created a wall of safety, these different um, layers that no matter what age and stage that they're in, they will have the opportunity to be able to talk about it and to be able to get support. And that's really what we want for our children to be independent where they need to be and to know that they don't have to do everything by themselves, that they can find a team of people that can support them through their, their, through their life's journey. I love that you said for even us moms, it helps us feel safe because ultimately as parents, that's what we want for our kids is for them to feel safe, but we're, we crave it too. And so, yeah, when other moms can say things and share and not feel isolated and alone, and it might take a little bit getting vulnerable. Like if you have other people you can connect with, it does help you feel safe. And it's just crazy how much we all as human beings crave safety. Yes. Safety and belonging. Like those are the core to, to our human DNA, right? Every, every person, every human wants to feel like they belong. And um, it really starts with us at home, creating those spaces at home where our kids feel like it's safe. I belong here. Even when I make mistakes, even when I don't do the right thing, even when I'm learning and trying to figure things out, this is a safe place for me to be able to do those things. And so part of the objective of the book really is to support parents in creating those safe spaces for our kids. Because you know, my saying is when we create those safe spaces of belonging at home, we are raising children who will be able to go and do that out in the world for other people. So, you know, we have to think that we're not parenting in isolation, but we are in fact parenting the children who are going to be, you know, taking over the things in the world. And we want to make sure that they have those core values that where inclusion and, and belonging is part of that. Let me tell you about this 100% Mongolian cashmere sweater that I got for $50. I ordered it in navy, the crew neck style, and it is perfect. I wore it with jeans and heels to work and then later in the day threw on sneakers and it was a simple outfit that got so many compliments. And something like this exists thanks to Quince. I already have the ivory color in my cart for my next order, which by the way, I never thought I would own anything cashmere before, but since all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, it's doable now. They also have organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more that you need to check out for yourself. And here's how they do it. They partner directly with top factories. Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings on to us. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash Amy to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Amy. I was reading this whole article the other day about vitamin D and why it's so important, especially for women. Maybe I was really into it because I'm turning 43 next month, but it talked about how vitamin D is very important to the absorption of calcium in our bodies and it maximizes our bone health and it helps with our muscle health, our immune system. And 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. 
So I was instantly thankful that I take Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus every single day because the clinical study was done and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43%. Now there's nine key nutrients in the Ritual Vitamins that I take every day. I take two delayed release capsules. And what that does is it optimizes our body's absorption. I take it in the morning. They're gentle on an empty stomach, so you don't have to worry about that. And there's this special minty essence in every bottle that just, it smells good. They taste good. They're fun to take. And Ritual's essential for women. They are USP verified. So you know that you can trust what you're putting in your body. No more shady business. Ritual's essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 20% off. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hi, we're brought to you today by IKEA. No matter if you live in a three-bedroom house or a tiny apartment, we all have mess in one form or another, and it takes over if you let it. Overcoming mess can feel like an impossible task. Who has time and money for that? But the good news is IKEA has easy and affordable solves for any kind of clutter. Got that chair that seems to collect all your clothes? There's a wardrobe organizer for that. Got a monstrous mess under your bed? No problem. That's what under bed storage is for. How about that one drawer that seems to have everything and nothing in it at the same time? Nothing one of their many versatile drawer organizers can't solve. IKEA makes storage solutions that are within reach, solutions that work for spaces of every size and shape, and for any budget. So you can confidently face mess head-on and start enjoying every last inch of your home. Visit IKEA to explore more affordable storage today. You can't afford mess. So IKEA makes storage affordable. Well, again, the title of your book is Social Justice Parenting, but then it goes on to say how to raise compassionate, anti-racist, justice-minded kids in an unjust world. Why did you want to sit down and put this out here for the world? Yeah, I, I think there's two twofold. It's a twofold answer, right? One is because I'm raising Black children, and I realize that as much as I want to keep them safe, help them navigate in the world... I can't do it by myself. And I really need support from other moms and other moms who don't look like me to really kind of be part of that village and raising, raising my children. And then the other thing is, I just think if we are creating and developing and supporting these children that will be these things for others in the world, we can change a lot of the division that we see right now in our society. Like we are so divided on so many things and you know, everything is so black, white, we, we don't see the grays anymore. And I think when we raise children who really can see the gray, it really does create an environment where everybody feels like they have a space. Everybody feels safe, 
um, and there's more equity in the world. So it's partly selfish and partly, you know, we, we want to raise better children. Yeah. Well, no, I'm thankful that if you want to call that selfish, <laughs> fine. I'm thankful because if you're putting it out there, then we get to benefit. What age do you recommend parents start talking to their children about race? Whether they have white kids, black kids, Hispanic kids, whatever the race is, like at what age are we starting to talk about it? As early as you can. You could be really starting to introduce that before they even start talking, like with the books that you read, with the toys that are in your home, with the movies that you show, you really are starting to show them about diversity before they can even speak it. You know, the studies show that kids as early as six months really starts to recognize these racial features and racial identities um, before they even are talking. And so the longer you wait, the more you may have to kind of reteach. So I, I would say the earlier, the better. I saw you mention a study in your book or a questionnaire that was done about, you You can throw out the exact ones I'm just pulling from my memory, but like there's a doctor, a lawyer, da, 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 and then like a housekeeper, a janitor, or whatever. And then you had kids assign race to those jobs. Talk to us about that because I feel like that's a powerful example of exactly what our kids just kind of repeating back what their eyeballs see all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So you say uh, to five-year-olds, draw me a picture of a scientist or draw me a picture of a doctor. They're often white men. If you say, draw, draw me a picture of your bus driver, or even you have pictures of different kinds of people in terms of race and gender, and you ask, who's the doctor? Who's the bus driver? Who's the housekeeper? they've already made up their mind of, of which race, which gender are assigned to these roles in our society. And again, we haven't taught them that, but they've gotten it from somewhere. So if we're waiting to have these kinds of discussions with our children, their minds are, uh, as they're growing up, preschool, kindergarten, their minds are trying to make categories of things. That's, that's what they're supposed to be doing. And if you don't help them with those categories, they are creating it based on their limited experiences and their limited knowledge. And oftentimes those categories can have some stereotyping or some bias wrapped in them. I'm just thinking of maybe a, a mom or a family member or something listening right now that's like, oh man, our kids aren't young anymore. They're now 12, 13, and we didn't implement any of this. What advice do you have for parents that might be realizing, oh, wow, I need to do this differently. How can they approach it with an older child? Yeah, I'd say it's never too early, never too late, right? So if you have like preteen or early teen children, one way that we did it a lot as my children got older is we did it like at dinner time or at our family meetings. We would bring up topics and then we have conversation around those topics. Sometimes the topics are light and fun, and then sometimes they are based on what's going on in the world that we talk about. And this way you get to see where your kids' gaps are, like what they really understand and what they don't, how what they're saying, does it align with your core values of how you're trying to raise them? And I think it's also important that you use teachable moments, like things that are going on in the world, things that you may hear your children talk about, things that are on social media that you're seeing pop up in your own feeds, having those conversations with your children. And it could be you asking them questions. What do you know about X, Y, Z. What have you seen? What have you heard? How do you feel about that? So that you're getting a better idea of what they already know and then see where you need to redirect them or add to their knowledge already. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking about being a white mom raising black kids. There's certain things I'm not going to identify with or I'm not going to experience that they might. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. So I've had to be super intentional about having, well, since they're from Haiti, specifically other Haitians in our life that live in our town. We have Haitian friends that we hang out with, some kids, some adults. Um, we have other people in our life that I, I just had to really make sure that diversity was a part of our family dynamic and they didn't just look around and see a bunch of white people all the time. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's so important, Amy, because a lot of families are not doing that. And really, even if you don't have black children, even if you're a white family or white children, you should still be looking for diversity because that speaks volumes to your children based on who your inner circle is, right? It it sends a message. It may not be the message you're trying to send, but it definitely sends messages to our children about who's important, who's in our lives, who's not. And it could really kind of play on that whole idea of power and privilege when everybody around you looks the same as you and your, your, your children. And I think maybe too, as parents are trying to figure it out, it's hard to sometimes just jump into social circles that you're like, oh, hey, you want to be friends? But if it's coming from the heart and you mean it and you know that there's at least someone you could reach out to and you could, I don't know, what would you recommend someone being straight up and honest? Like, hey, this is something I've read about and I'm learning and I'm, I'm trying to to see what this could look like for my family. Like, I'm just wondering how that conversation might go if someone is trying to reach out to bring that diversity into their lives. But you also mentioned earlier, like the types of movies you're watching or the types of toys you're playing with. That's another way to bring it into the home while you can try to build relationships outside because you want it to be genuine. You do want it to be genuine, yes. But sometimes we do have to put ourselves out there in very uncomfortable ways. Um, Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but you can't let the fear stop you from trying. Um, I think a lot of times that you have to put yourself out of your daily routine, you know, which could be going to more cultural, um, multicultural events. It could be going to like book reads by diverse authors. It could be either cultural festivals. Um, It could be going to a library that's on the other side of town, you know, where there's, you know, children story time. Um, I have some people, uh, some families in my parenting group that one of the things I challenged them to do something um, in that month that's different. And a couple of them went to story time that was in another neighborhood and they were able to connect and then have play dates with groups of people who were different from their, them and their, their children. So sometimes it does make you have to go out of your way. The intention should be there. Like being intentional about making the changes may require some form of you know, a little extra effort, but, you know, I guess you have to ask yourself how important is this work for you to raise your children in more a diverse setting? I'll just say, if you're thinking about it, it's very important. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody listening right now, that's like, I don't know, is it important? Yes. It's so important. Like if, if anything, I feel like we have waves of stuff that come into the news that bring stuff to the forefront, unfortunately, but then also fortunately, because that's how we're able to start having tough conversations. And then I think that's when people are like, oh yeah, that's why I try to continuously have this conversation on the podcast with various guests, authors, people that definitely are experts in this, uh, but also just friends of mine too, just real conversations because it's just important to keep it going. It's easy to get motivated for a minute. And like you said, it's extra effort. And then you just dial back and you're like, okay, well, checked that box. 
And it's like, no, if we want to make a real impact for our children, the future, and we don't want to repeat a bunch of this stuff that we see that's happening that we find unbelievable, but then it's like, well, what are we doing in our own homes to fix it? Yes. We go back to status quo, right? Yeah. And um, I often like on my Instagram page, I will often put, you know, remember when we were putting the black boxes up as a a way of saying I'm standing behind um, Black Lives Matter or Black Lives. And I will put a box up every now and then, like a check-in, like, remember you did this? What, what, what are you doing now? Like, how has that enthusiasm waned? Or have you really dug in and you're still doing the work? So this is like a check-in. It's not something that you could put off. Will you share your Instagram real quick for everyone? Yeah, it's at it's Social Justice Parenting. At Social Justice Parenting. And so you're the creator of that. I know we're, we're talking about your book. So that's the name of the book, but is that also an organization? It is not. It is. It's just a parenting philosophy that I started as a okay. part under my kind of bigger company, which is called Brown Schooling, but it's a part of that. Um, and so I don't know, like two years ago, I started not writing the book, but started writing chapters that kind of, I was just kind of emptying how I parent and what caused me to really realize that I shouldn't just be parenting my own kids, but I need to be parenting more than my own kids because right, I really feel like this idea of this, we're one big village, one big global village, and we need each other. We need each other to support each other in the growing um, and the rearing of our children in order to be able to make those changes. And so as I started putting these things out, little pieces on Instagram here and there, I got asked to do the TED Talk around it. And so that's kind of when the official title of my own little social justice parenting became a thing. You know, I kind of built this foundation around the idea of always being active as a parent, always thinking about others. How are we showing up and supporting each other? And that title um, just kind of stuck. I love it. You mentioned Brown Schooling and it's under that umbrella. What's the Brown Schooling about? So Brown Schooling was the company that I started probably about six, six or seven years ago when I started homeschooling my children. So I was very intentional about what my children learned when they were home. And a lot of it had to do with their identity of who they were. And we started talking about you know, what brown people did in the world. Like, how do we infuse that into what they're learning? And then as I started developing curriculum for my children around social justice issues, Black history and those kinds of things, I began to get people wanting to purchase those curricula. And so we just started because we, when people say, are you homeschooling? I would always say, no, I'm brown schooling. And so (laughs) that became the company. And then under that, which is kind of the parent company, That's where I do my consulting and coaching and all that underneath that umbrella. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hi, we're brought to you today by IKEA. No matter if you live in a three-bedroom house or a tiny apartment, we all have mess in one form or another, and it takes over if you let it. Overcoming mess can feel like an impossible task. 
Who has time and money for that? But the good news is IKEA has easy and affordable solves for any kind of clutter. Got that chair that seems to collect all your clothes? There's a wardrobe organizer for that. Got a monstrous mess under your bed? No problem. That's what under bed storage is for. How about that one drawer that seems to have everything and nothing in it at the same time? Nothing one of their many versatile drawer organizers can't solve. IKEA makes storage solutions that are within reach. Solutions that work for spaces of every size and shape. And for any budget. So you can confidently face mess head on and start enjoying every last inch of your home. Visit IKEA to explore more affordable storage today. You can't afford mess. So IKEA makes storage affordable. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, look, hiring is hard. Well, good news, Express Employment Professionals makes hiring easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. Every day, Express recruits and screens workers in your area so that when it's time to hire, they have the talent you need ready to work. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Just go to expresspros.com. Each Express Employment Professionals location is locally owned and operated, backed by the support and stability of an international headquarters. And with more than 860 franchise locations, there's sure to be an Express office near you. So make hiring easy and go to expresspros.com to find the location near you. And so you're in an interracial marriage. I am. Do you get any pushback when it comes to that? Yes. Yes. Not as much as I used to. You know, we've been together for 25 years. We definitely heard it all, saw it all on the looks, the the name calling um, when we were dating. But I don't know if it's happening as much now. We've just learned to ignore it. (laughs) But um, I also get some of that in the Black community, the activism space, you know, because what I do is very pro-Black in terms of wanting some equity around uh, the Black community. Um, And sometimes being married to a a white man, some people think that that means that I'm not as serious about the Black community. But, you know, I've known him since fourth grade and, you know, you you love who you love. And uh, that's where I ended. (laughs) Okay, so now I need to know more about how y'all met in the fourth grade and ended up getting married. (laughs) 
I tell the story in the book about how my family moved from this very insulated Black community where everybody knew everybody and all the parents could love you, could chastise you, could take care of you. And my family in the summer of third and fourth grade moved to a very white community where my family was actually the only Black family. And so the adjustments that that took were, some were very hard, but that's where I met my husband. He tells a story that... He saw me, I guess, running at PE when we were doing races or PE. And uh, he saw that I was fast and he wanted to make sure that he could beat me in a race. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> that was his introduction to us. And then we went on to middle and high school together, went, went away to college, went away to work. And we both came back home the same year and we just got reacquainted. And just started going out to catch up. And then as they say, the rest is history. Okay. So it wasn't like, you know, he was your fourth grade boyfriend. He was not. That. No, we ran the same circles because we both played sports. So we, we did a lot together, at, you know, in groups, but never dated in, in high school. And so, you know, I wasn't looking for love with him. We were just catching up, but um, we saw past the color thing and it wasn't a big deal for us. And, and, and mostly it wasn't a big deal for our families either. We, uh, I had a couple of girlfriends that were a little bit apprehensive. They were worried about kids and then our kids identity. I got some pushback from a couple of friends, but generally we had no problems with our core group. You know, it's, it's been, it's been a ride, but it's been a positive ride. You know, we generally with our race, we really haven't had any major hiccups and the hiccups that came were outside of our home. For your kids to have a mom that even has made this part of her life's work, it's like you are probably a great resource for them and having to navigate anything that may come their way. Um, having a white dad, black mom. I'm just wondering the different things they may go through in case anybody listening right now has children in the same. Yeah. I mean, is there conversations that have been tough that yeah, luckily definitely. you're skilled in answering, but is there something you could share for parents that might be in that situation? Like you, Amy, our kids all have unique experiences, right? With identity and growing up, you from a, having a transracial family and me having a biracial family, some of their growing pains are going to be unique to them because of, of who they are and their, and their family. But I, I will say that it's really important that for, for both of us and, and pe- families like both of ours, that you raise your children with the totality of who they are. So we talk about what it is to be Black in the world. We also talk about what it is to be biracial in our home, right? So I let my children kind of identify the way that they want to. Like my daughter identifies as a Black woman. Um, One of my sons identifies as a biracial young man. They're all different in how they self-identify, but it's really important to me as a Black woman, as a Black mother, that I'm teaching my children how to navigate in their brown skin out in the world as the world will see them. And so those have been conversations we've had all of their lives about, you know, being safe, how to present themselves in the world. Also, you know, Black joy, too, what that looks like and how who your ancestors are and how important that is and what they sacrificed for you and all the wonderful contributions that, you know, your ancestors have made and what beautiful things that your skin, your hair and all those things too. I'm so glad you said that because that's what I wanted to close everything out with the importance of learning and talking about black joy. So break more of that down for us. (laughs) Yeah. I think when people, especially in the media, right, everybody's talking about the talk 
when they talk about the talk that Black parents have with their children about law enforcement, about how they show up in the world, nobody talks about the talk we have with our children to be proud about who they are. And a lot of that has to happen in the home because if you don't give them almost like the armor, right, of telling them the affirmations about how beautiful they are, the affirmations about how strong they are, how they're enough, sharing with them their backgrounds. I know my family, we did our um, ancestry to see like what village our people came from, like at least, you know, trying to figure that out. And then we started trying to learn about those particular people, what kind of village they were, what kind of royal families belonged in that tribe. And so I think all of that kind of armors them um, against the negativity that they may get in the world. So I think doing the work at home, talking about Black history at home and um, giving them the truth about history and who their people are, I think is really important so that they have those tools when they go out into the world that may not acknowledge those things for them. When you say the truth about history, do you have particular resources that are good for parents to find that? Because I do know, depending on where your kids go to school, the way they're learning things might be very different. So where you might just want to sit back and be like, ah, it's fine. They'll cover this stuff in school. Mm -mm. You can't rely on teachers and educators to handle this part. If you are able and you want a relationship with your kids and you you want to be a part of this, you have to take on this responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Some of the books that I love, I love um, The Zen Project. I love um, James Lowell's book, The Lies My Teacher, My History Teacher Told Me, I think it's called. Also, anything, it's called Rethinking Schools. They have a wealth of information and books about how you we rethink history. They have one on Columbus. They have one on Black Lives Matter. Um, they have a lot of things uh, through their organizations and they're all reasonably priced. Those are three resources that I use with my own students, my own children when I'm homeschooling them. So I, th- I think really getting at something that gives you all perspectives is really important. Yeah. Sometimes I do get pushback from certain things or people get defensive, but I see if you can be self-aware, if you're getting defensive, I, I do this with my own self regarding all kinds of things in my life. The minute I'm feeling defensive, I've learned to check myself. <laughs> so I just am going to go ahead and put that out there. If any of this conversation, I already know that sometimes the comments are there because I get anytime I have a guest or a topic or we do it on, I get certain notes and people, they mean well And it's not ever totally mean or I get it a little bit, but sometimes I'm like, oh man, you're almost there. Like if you were just self-aware, you would know like, oh, this is a, this is like a red flag. Like I need to, to check something. And like you said, learning all perspectives. And I think that as white people, we've been very privileged for a very long time to get the white perspective on things. (laughs) Yes. And I think what you just said is, is really the key it's the first foundation in the social justice parenting framework is that reflection piece, right? We got to be courageous enough, vulnerable enough, honest enough to be able to reflect on our own experiences, our own ways of showing up for our children, our um, biases and stereotypes and limitations before we can really start to show up for our kids. Well, Dr. Baxley, 
Dr. Tracy. What do people call you? Dr. T? Tracy is Dr. Great. Tracy. Just Tracy? <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I love the doctor. <laughs> so Social Justice Parenting is the book. And I'm reading the back here and it says, an empowering, timely guide to raising anti-racist, compassionate, and socially conscious children from a diversity and inclusion educator with more than 30 years of experience. So I encourage people to check it out, Social Justice Parenting. I will be linking the book in the show notes. And Tracy, congratulations on the book coming out this week. I know that that is definitely something to celebrate. So I hope you get to relax this coming weekend and celebrate. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. Yeah, I got one of my uh, girlfriends is throwing me a little launch party. So we're going to do that Friday night. Oh, so fun. Yeah, well, you deserve it. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows that we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be the chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions that help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. I've been telling you about Tacova's boots for a very long time. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use code BONES at checkout. That's B-O-N-E-S at Tacovas.com. And that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Come and point your toes west. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. 